0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I want to talk to you about something tonight that I believe will change your life. So often in our lives, we have this problem of taking things into our own hands. We're not patient. We can't wait. It's too difficult for us. Um, We feel like people are taking advantage of us. A lot of us today, we really struggle with feelings of injustice. How many hate injustice? Right? You're at a, you know, you're at a, my wife is a coach, you're at a basketball game, right? And the refs are just being unfair. And you just want to go out there and give them a piece of your mind. And your foot. (laughs) You find yourself getting involved in things that God doesn't want you involved in. And tonight what I want to demonstrate to you a little bit is this a lot of the difficulties in our lives are really not so necessary. When you choose the behavior, you also get the consequences. And God is asking us to be hidden within Him. To not always be trying to get our due. How many have ever done that before? Who do you think you are to talk to me like that? You're not the boss of me. Right? All those things rise up in us. We, we act like we're eight a lot. In counseling, I have a lot of <laughs> wives that come into me and go, "I've got four children." I say, "You only have three. I have a husband." <laughs> now I've got four. Because we tend to take so many things into our own hands. We haven't learned how to be still and know that He's God. Our world suffers today with instant gratification. There's nothing that you can't go out and make happen. Think about it. And it creates some really bad habits because you don't have delayed gratification. But you see, as God is building this house within us, It's about delayed gratification because one day it's all going to come together when we stand before God and this house is going to be such a glorifying tool for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But when we're taking things into our own hands, there's another danger. A lot of times people have warfare around their lives. And we reach out and we, we, we get involved in that. And we, we're going to say something to them. And about the time we let it out of our mouth, the enemy comes back and slaps us. I don't want to be given the enemy an opportunity. I don't want to have to be right first. I want to be able to rest in Christ. I don't want to have to be the guy that's out there making, you know what I'm saying, making my place. Because then I'm not walking in the true plan of God. God already has it planned out. The footsteps of the righteous, they're ordered by God. But so often we get stirred up. And we just have to go after. You know, we can't be silent, right? The enemy can't say anything to us. And have us pass on with it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're not treating you right. And what do we do to negate it? We don't. We go, you're right. They're not treating me right. And then we get all, (laughs) right? We freak out. And Jesus modeled right before the disciples' eyes. Most every day of your life, people don't treat you right. Non-Christians are not going to treat you right every day. But sadly enough, Christians aren't going to treat you right either. So we need to be still and know that He's God. We need to realize how powerful Christ is in us. He's not at a disadvantage. We're never at a disadvantage ever in our lives. We just have emotions and feelings that cause us to think that way and feel that way, but we're not at a disadvantage ever. Ever. Somebody pulls a gun at you and says, I'm going to kill you. You're not at a disadvantage because heaven isn't a real threat. But we keep fighting for our own position, our own place. And God is asking the body of Christ right now. You're creating too many waves. You're talking too much. Learn to be still and know that I am God. God's wanting to present us to circumstances so that he can be glorified. He's not wanting us to go out and get on top of everything. God's wanting the freedom to present us as his ambassador when he wants to. How many like to take things into your own hands? In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, you know the scripture. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart. And here's what he says. When you take this yoke, and I want you to see what this is like. There are so many things you and I cannot do on our own. So here's what he's saying. I'm going to put you in with somebody that's been on this journey already. Yoke yourself up like this immature ox that doesn't know how to plow, right? Doesn't know the difference when to work and when to rest. And so he sticks his head in in there with that mature ox, and they're going along together. And pretty soon, the one ox, the mature one, knows it's time, it's hard ground, it's going to plow. But when he comes back the other way, he knows that it's easy, and he's just going to walk. He's not going to dig in. But the young ox doesn't understand that. You see, Jesus is saying, come on, be yoked with me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's lowly and he's meek, right? In 2 Corinthians 10, 1, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. How often do we appeal to people by the meekness and gentleness of Christ? See, God's looking for some different things to manifest in our lives. Amen? Are you with me? Right? Not attitudes. How many can have an attitude? How many can have an unexpected attitude? Right? It's like it just all of a sudden is you're kind and you're nice, and then all of a sudden it's I't get you my pretty. You just switch right in front on somebody. How many in here are capable of that? Uh-uh-uh, there we go. Full disclosure. Our world is still having trouble with Matthew 5.5. 5. People associate happiness with success, power, confidence, and conquest. Jesus' kingdom is for those who are meek. That does not mean weak. In Ephesians 4, 1 and 2, Paul said, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation to which you are called with all lowliness and meekness. In Colossians 3.12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, tender mercies, kindness, Humbleness of mind and meekness. In the Old Testament, the meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek Him. And your heart shall live forever. Everlasting life belongs to the meek. The Lord lifts up the meek. Psalm 147, 6. How many need to be lifted up? Right? Right? When we are still, let me get this thing on here. When we are still before God, God can deposit things in us that will carry us through the day. But when we're in our tirade and we're in our what we call rumination and we're going over the same diatribe over and over and over. Anybody ever done that? Who do you think they are? Who do they think they are? And we're going through this. We're not receiving what we need to carry us through the day. So the next slide, please. What's the definition of meekness? Deficient in spirit and courage, not violent or strong, submissive, moderate, mild, enduring injury with patience, and without resentment how many say woohoo <laughs> most often you will find that the most powerful attributes of Christ don't make you go woohoo they make you go can i skip that one right Here's what Jesus says. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That was a shocking surprise to his Jewish audience, just as the first two Beatitudes were. Jesus called for a standard of living that was foreign to those who heard him. They knew how to be spiritually proud and self-sufficient and were good at following an external form of religion. They thought they could survive spiritually through their own strength, wisdom, and resources. They expected that when the Messiah arrived, he would say, I am here to commend you for your wonderful spirituality. God is very pleased with you. I'm here to usher you into the kingdom. But the Lord's first recorded sermon did not confirm such expectations. How many remember it? <laughs> Brokenness of spirit. When Jesus says, meekness is different from being broken or poor in the spirit. Through the, gr- the Greek root word is the same. Meekness is positive in that it focuses on God's holiness. Now, here's what I want you to know. Meekness focuses on the holiness of God. Without holiness, no one will see God. How many of us today desperately want to see God? Right? We want to see God in the midst of right where we're at, right here, right now. We've got to get back to a better place. We've got to get back to the place where holiness has some priority in our life. Without holiness, no one will see God. We are poor in spirit because we are sinners and meek because God is so holy in comparison to us. In the first part of the Beatitudes, you sense your own sinfulness, Matthew 3, 5. How many have ever felt like that? Like Isaiah Isaiah did. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then in verse 4, then he focuses on God's holiness, which makes him meek. And that in turn, when he focuses on holiness, it produces a hunger for righteousness in him. How many of us need... To have that production hunger for righteousness within us. Without holiness, no one will see God. No one. Next slide, please. What's the biblical definition for meekness? It's power under control. You must recognize how powerful the Spirit of God is in you. To overthrow kingdoms, to do whatever He needs to do with your life and wants to do. But God is asking us to be still and know that He's God. To stop rushing into things. To stop being codependent and trying to solve everybody's problem. And trying to do this and do that. God is asking us, will you just enter into my rest? Because that's what he told Moses. He said, Moses, my presence will go with you and I will cause you to enter into my rest. How many need to enter into God's rest? I believe the secret of God is this. That even with the hard work that we have to do, God enables us to rest in the midst of that work. He doesn't take the work away from us so we can rest. He enables us to rest with the work. But there's not much rest in rumination. There's not much rest in anger. There's not much rest in revenge. There's terrible unrest. How many have felt that before? Where you're just you're you're all fired up. Anybody ever been fired up? And I'm not talking about dancing at the altar. I'm talking about the last nerve, you know what I mean? Power under control. In John nineteen ten and 11, Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Do you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. you would have no power over me. Do you know that no one has power over you but God? If you're a born-again Christian, no one has power over you but God. Sometimes it feels like they do. Anybody ever felt that before? Feels like somebody's controlling you, right? And you want to write that and you want to straighten that out and you want to tell them to knock it off. And God's saying, I got your back. He that's that's right. you can have my back, but my front right now wants to confront. I want to look you in your little peepers and I want to give you a piece of my mind. And that's the problem. Don't bypass your heart to give somebody a piece of your mind. Meekness is a byproduct of humbling oneself before God. It is the taming of a lion, not the killing of it. How many stubborn people do we have in here? How many impatient people do we have in here? How many people do we have in here that like control? Gosh, it's just like unanimous. Motion so carried. (laughs) Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. The only legitimate form of anger is righteous anger. That means anger must be under control and expressed for the right reasons at the right time. We're never to be angry because of personal offense. Do you understand something? That at the very basis level of Christianity is forgiveness? It's, a very, it's like we think because we forgive somebody, we've become mature in Christ. That's the basis level of Christianity. That's the foundation. That's the beginning to not be offended. And, and you know what I'm saying? And not get angry with people and not carry around a grudge. And do a, that's the basis beginning of the foundation of Christianity. It's where we all start. Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior in my life. I need somebody to triumph over the issue of my heart but so many of us we don't practice forgiveness we don't practice encouragement can i give you a secret if you start practicing encouragement you'll start receiving encouragement if you start practicing encouragement you'll start receiving less discouragement the law of soaping and reap- soaping and reaping That's in Hesitations 3, (laughs) 4. The law of sowing and reaping is true. You can't change it. That which you sow, you shall reap. How many would, would love it if your mates would sow a good attitude? Well, you're all like, Woo! See, God, God wants to clothe us in meekness. He doesn't want the enemy having the access that he's had of us. He doesn't want our minds being tormented the way they are. He doesn't want our finances being disrupted the way that they have been. He doesn't want our impulses to be controlled by our emotions the way that they are. God wants us to have a sound mind so it's well with our soul. God doesn't want us to be fragmented. God doesn't want our emotions to dictate our next move. God doesn't want our emotions to be where we send our priorities. God wants us to walk under wisdom and understanding because when we do when we do then the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us we're not leaving him behind do you understand what I'm saying? we're saying I don't need your counsel I don't need your advice I can do it myself that's our problem Our problem is, let's be honest. Our problem is, yes, we are capable. Everybody say, capable. With all the media, with all the gadgets and gizmos, we're more capable now than we've ever been. But we're more led now by emotions. We're more led now by appetites than we've ever been in the body of Christ. Because we have so many choices. You go and visit an orphanage in Kenya, they barely have enough food for one day. They don't have any choice except for who? For God. I think it's time for us to narrow down some of our choices. I think it's time for us to get lean and mean and not have so many distractions. And then Jesus Christ will become the main attraction once again. What does he have to work through in your day to get your attention? How many different ruminations does he have to work through? How many different vexations does he have to work through? That's a nagging thought that doesn't go away. How many thoughts of unforgiveness does he have to work through? How much pride does he have to go through? Wouldn't it be just amazing... if all he had to do was just whisper but there's a whole lot of shouting going on now because we're so distracted we start out well and then there's something else that we could take care of you talk about ADD attention deficit disorder We have God deficit disorder. We have so many things that we'll choose and pick before Him. And this isn't about condemnation. This is about direction. This is about us getting our eyes back on Him so that we get in the process of healing and wholeness And in the process, the process of this born-again lifestyle solves the problems. But if you focus on the problem, and that's your main focus, you don't get in the process. God has given us a process. You read the Word of God, it tells you what to do when you struggle with anger. The Word of God tells you what to do when you struggle with unforgiveness how many read it in there before right how many have marked it and how many say yeah that kind of needs to come out of there right rip that's uh, that needs to come out so god is wanting us to experience meekness this power under control where we don't, we're not running around trying to get our due. We're people that drive people nuts. See, I think Christians should drive and provoke people to jealousy for the way they live and what they have. I think you should be able to go, Pastor Lance, aren't you worried about that? Do you, do you, I heard what happened to you. What, what do you, uh, Pastor Lance? Well, no, man, no, No. No, it's good. But Pastor Lance, they said that about you and that about you and that about you. Pastor Lance says, this is the day that the Lord has made. See, these are distractions to break us away from the manna of heaven, the bread of life that we need. To grow up so that we can continue on on this journey. But I like how I am. Ever thought of that before? I said that one time to myself. I like where I'm at and how I am. And God's like, I don't. (laughs) But who's asking you? Talking to myself. Can I have a conversation with myself? Because here's what I want to tell you. That's who we talk to the most. Is ourself, And that's our problem. If we spent more time talking to God, we wouldn't tap into bad memories. We wouldn't tap into places where we felt insecure and fearful and have the place where we have panic attacks and anxiety disorders and everything else. If we would talk to God again, we would experience a newfound liberty in this life. How many want that? See, I found it in my life. I don't have it all the way yet. But I used to spend a lot of time up here thinking, right? Then I had my surgery and it messed with my mind, right? It was a wonderful thing. Because I couldn't remember all the things that I used to think about. And you know when you get that brain fog and everything, your brain takes the most energy in your body. Did you know that? And so if you... I didn't have any extra energy. I was just looking for John 3.16 up there somewhere. What is that scripture? What? All shall perish? What is that? Do you know that there's people... That have been so messed up in their life. And I've met them. They get in accidents. They have a brain injury. And they have to do surgery on part of their brain. And they were the worst scoundrel that ever lived. But after that surgery, they are the nicest person you'll ever meet. Now, I'm not trying to stir you up to do anything. Put your hands right here. Everything in this mind can be transformed and renewed. Amen. And if anybody tells you differently, I've studied it and I guarantee it's fact. Everything in this mind can be renewed and transformed. Right here. You wake up in the morning and you go, "Good God, it's morning!" Instead of "Good morning, God." anybody ever anybody like that? Right? How many in here? The glass is always half full. How many in here? It's always half empty. Now it can't be the same, there, buddy. It's one or the other. Are you still with me? Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. That kind of person is out of control and needs to learn to contain himself. Proverbs sixteen thirty two He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who ruleth his spirit than he that takes a city. True meekness is power under control. Meekness is not given to vengeance. I want to say that again. Meekness isn't given to vengeance. Because here's what meekness knows. That on the day of judgment, justice will take place. Everything that we do, will give an account for. How many believe that? Everything. Hitler, on that day, will give an account for everything that he did. No one gets away with anything. So you wanting revenge, you wanting to get back at somebody... That's why God says, leave room. Vengeance is mine. Leave room for my revenge. Leave room. Everybody do that. Leave room. See, we kind of do these things and we go, oh, you're just silly. No, I'm just activating new neuron pathways. And you don't even know it. leave room and your brain goes vroom vroom (laughs) and you go home and you're about to be mad next thing you know it just goes leave room and probably that part i just said too vroom vroom (laughs) i'll be in there have a look at this that's a solar flare that's hot that's powerful But there's no power there that can even stand in the presence of God. People believe that God's brilliance and God's brightness will embarrass the sun. quiet next slide jesus kind of gave him a little glimpse how many remember the scripture the transfiguration matthew 17 1 through 5 after six days jesus took with him peter james and john the brother of james and led them up to a high mountain by themselves there he was transfigured before him. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And then it says, Listen to him. Can you imagine? He's just, Jesus is kind of like, Oh, I just, I just got to uh, stretch my eternity a little bit transfiguring Christ in us the hope of glory is not weak but sometimes he feels like he's disengaged at our emotional level where we want to take some things into our own hands and he is because he wants to teach us how to operate from a devotional level instead of an emotional level? Everybody has a presence. Do you know that? Do you ever walk by somebody and go, "Whoo"? Do you feel that, man? I hope that's not what happens when I walk by and you, you guys go, "Whoo, whoo"? Did you feel that? No, I hope that when I walk by you you feel the liberty the virtue of Christ and if you've had a headache or a migraine or a pain in your body that that virtue will begin to start a new cycle of healing in your body a new way of thinking in your heart. Everybody has a presence. We are carriers of one presence, the presence of Almighty God. And in His presence, and this, I I want this to just speak to the principalities and the powers over this community. And in His presence is fullness of joy. And joy is not happiness. Because I can manipulate my circumstances and feel better about them. Joy is from the very nature of God. Joy strengthens me. Joy empowers me. Joy also positions me. How many want to be in that position of joy? So if in the presence of God is fullness of joy... How many could say there might be a few other presences hanging around my home and my workplace? Right? Are you with me? Doesn't that bother you when I ask you that? Are you with me? Fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10 is my strength. If you're weak right now, take on joy. Take on joy. You say, joy lives 2,000 miles away. God's joy. Take it on. Let God manifest His presence. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is without measure in us. Reinhard Bonnke used to be, how many of you know who he is? Yeah. Reinhard Bonnke used to be stationed in Sacramento and we'd all g- get and we'd do these things, you know, and he'd come around and we'd say, Reinhardt, what's the secret? And he'd always say the same thing draw close to the Holy Spirit. You need power. You Americans, you're wimpy. You need, you know, it's almost like Schwarzenegger at that point. You're wimpy. Draw close to the Holy Spirit. And then he'd go like this. And 5,000 people would go. And we'd all go. Draw close to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You guys are awesome. So what's the problem with our society today? Why don't we want to be meek? Because people think it's infeminate to not fight all the time, to not get your due all the time, because meekness and resignation look the same. But see, meekness knows that God has everything under control and we're resigned to that. We don't have to jump up and take things into our own hands. But people, it looks the same as resignation. It looks like, brother, why are you letting them walk on you? Why are you doing all that? Why? And he's just resting in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? He's just resting in that solar flare, right? He's just hanging out there going, when it needs to come out, brother, it'll come out. But right now it's in. How many have ever had God call it out of you? You know what I'm saying? Like you're in the hospital somewhere. Or you're witnessing to somebody. And man, when, when he comes out, he comes out. And they're like, oh, 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 what? Oh, oh, they don't have any pain anymore. Oh, 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 what's going on? And you're going, don't make me let it all out. You don't know what could happen if if he comes all the way out. Because he's so amazingly powerful and available. But some of you need to let him out more often. Because you let you out a lot. Pastor, I love you. Hold on, Pastor. I let the wrong thing out. (laughs) And we go back and we... Meekness is one who is guided by God's Spirit and accepts God's ability to direct the events of his life. You know this Psalm 119, 105. He is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Here's what's cool about meekness. Next slide, please. It creates. That's fine. Just stay right there it creates a dynamic paradigm shift, not only in your lives, but the lives of everybody around you. Because all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gets the opportunity to do what He's always wanted to do in those relationships, but you've always stopped Him short with your words, your attitudes, your mouth, your desire, Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit doesn't get a chance to finish what He's started in the family members' lives and the church members' lives because we're all trying to prop everything up and make it look better. But God's saying, I've got it. I've got it. So meekness, an active and deliberate acceptance of undesirable circumstances that are wisely seen by the individual as only part of a larger picture. Everybody say larger picture. This isn't it. This isn't it. This anointing that's on you It has the power to move through time and space. How many believe that? When you pray, the anointing of God that is in your life can reach the neighbor next door, can reach somebody in Africa, can touch somebody in Asia. But if you only see your influence just right here, you've missed it. God has made us so powerful. Ephesians 4.2, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Clothe yourself with meekness. Everybody say clothe. So the larger picture, let's get an idea of that. Next slide, please. In Job 38, 31, and 33, can you bind Pleiades? God, you know, God just kind of... Given Job a little bit better perspective here. Anybody ever had God come to you and just kind of give you a better perspective? It's kind of, you're not, you know, Daniel, you're not all that in a box of chips. There's some things that I want to show you. And he says to Job, can you bind beautiful Pleiades? Can you loose the cords of Orion? Can you bring forth the constellations in their season or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set... Up God's dominion over the earth? Anybody answer yes to that? Next slide, please. This is Pleiades. Contains over 3,000 stars, is 400 light years away, 13 light years across, has many different solar systems within it. And God is talking about this with Job. He's saying, Job, let me give you a little perspective here. This is the bigger picture. So let me move on here. Meekness is not a resignation to fate. It's not a passive and reluctant submission to events. For there is little virtue in such a response. Nevertheless, since the two responses look externally the same... No one really wants anything to do with meekness. Next slide, please. What was once perceived as a virtue has become a defect in contemporary society. The patient and hopeful endurance of undesirable circumstances identifies the person as externally vulnerable and weak, but inwardly resilient and strong. Meekness does not identify the weak, but more precisely the strong who have been placed... Okay, I want you to write this down, okay? Meekness does not identify the weak, but more precisely the strong who have been placed in a position of weakness... Where they persevere without giving up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Meekness does not identify the weak, but more precisely, the strong who have been placed in a position of weakness where they persevere without giving up. Namely, Joseph. Joseph named his first son Ephraim. It means God has caused me to be fruitful in the midst of my affliction. Can you say that you're fruitful with your affliction? Can you say you're fruitful, and I'm not talking about fruitful being mouthy and complaining and grumbling, but can you say that you're fruitful for God in the midst of your affliction? Got really quiet. Because God has enabled us to be fruitful for Him in the midst of our affliction. He's made us to be sensitive so we don't take things into our own hands. How many have ever just taken something into your own hands? There's a good example in 1 Samuel 24, 3 and 7, where David has an opportunity to take out King Saul. But David says, I'm not going to touch God's anointing. God's anointed one, right? But he cuts off just the corner of his robe. Now I want you just to think about this just for a minute. David begins to struggle with taking that little thing into his own hands. Just that corner of his robe. That little tiny corner. We take things into our hands that we shouldn't. Meekness causes you to walk in such a level of sensitivity that when you take something into your own hands that God doesn't want you to, it begins to trouble you. And it brings you to a place of repentance. Is this where you're at? Is this where you live? See, I'm not there yet completely, but I want to be. I want to be that anything I take into my own hands that God's got under control, and the moment I take it into my hands, I'm troubled in my spirit. I'm troubled because I know I just entered into something that I'm not supposed to be in right now. I just stepped into some warfare I shouldn't be in right now. I just stepped into some emotional turmoil I shouldn't be in right now. And because the prophetic in me hates injustice, this is hard for me. I'm like Abishai. Let me stick him. I'll only need to do it once. But you see, God's teaching David how to have inward, strong resilience and a heart that is after him. Will you let God Begin to build a heart in you that's after him. It's not easy. The devil had a hard time. He couldn't do it. Right? You say, You don't know the family I came from. I know the family the devil came from. It isn't about your family. It's about Christ in you. The hope of glory. He, his job is to get you all the way there. He's the author and the finish of your faith. You're not alone in this. God's saying, if you will just let me cause you to become your heart, to become ravished for my will and for my way, I will begin to overnight transform your mind and while you're sleeping God will begin to do some new things in there because you've agreed to partner with him in a brand new way but this has got to bother you at the prayer room and the people that work with me we took these little things right we cut them off and we're just kind of like just carrying them in our pocket. Just feeling it. We just want to keep that sensitivity to that represents something that... Could you see that? Just, you, you need some tools. Everybody say tools. So you, you kind of got that in your, in your pocket. You got it in there. And you've got to go and you've got to have a difficult conversation with somebody. You're touching that. God, I don't like to confront people, but I don't want to be confrontational either. Lord, I want to do it in love. I want to do it in the right spirit. I want to edify them. I want to build them up. I want them to be better after the conversation than they were before. I want them to be on track, but you've got to have that thing. you got to be, you got to just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have it in your pocket and go, God, I refuse to take this into my own hands. You got it in there, you're like, and you read that, you read about David and you go, (sighs) several times David had an opportunity to kill Saul. It was right there, but he refused to do it. And by refusing to do it, he became a man after God's own heart. It doesn't happen overnight, people. It is work. Love without work is just infatuation. But love with work is revelation. I don't want to be infatuated with God. I want to be inundated with God. You guys are like, well, you're, you're, you're a little bubble off on the level there, buddy. I figure if God's going to correct me, I'm going to have a good attitude about it. Right? If Lance has something to say, or if this brother here has something to say, and I need to hear it so it'll adjust my behavior, so it will prolong my life so it will cause me to not have strife and contention in my life then I say brother give me the gift Psalm 141 says let a righteous man strike your head for it is like excellent oil unto you my brother Lance speak in let him say something to me We are so worried about somebody saying something to us. We can take it. And it can change us. Everybody say change. Still with me? I'm coming to a close. Last slide. This is hard for some of us. We've talked about it just for a moment, but I just wanted to give you some scriptures. Do not repay evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. I don't like that. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Don't like that. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on him. I like that. <laughs> Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What about meekness? Number one, it's necessary for salvation. Psalm 149.4 says, the Lord will beautify the meek with salvation. It's commanded, Zephaniah 2.3, commands us to seek meekness. How many of us seek meekness? Right? Let me see the hands of all those that are seeking meekness. That's pretty good. Hallelujah. It's necessary for receiving God's word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Which is able to save your souls. It's necessary for effective witnesses. Nobody likes a haughty witness. Right? And it gives God glory. Amen? Meekness is power under control. It shows itself when you seek to defend God, not yourself. It results in blessing and inheriting the earth. It characterizes every true believer because it accompanies salvation, is commanded by God, is needed for receiving and communicating His word, and glorifies Him. How many would say yes to meekness? It's a missing ingredient. It's an attribute of God. And we've been taught, hear me, I'm a counselor. I meet with people every day. Self-preservation is primary in our lives. We're going to preserve the self, but the self that you're preserving is the old self. How about we stop preserving the old self? We let the old self die. All old things pass away We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you know what? It's hard to let the old self die. You know what I mean? That part that stands up and goes, it comes to you and just goes, You're not the boss of me. Who do you think you are? Right? But God says, Let that die. Let it die right but our problem is we know cpr <laughs> and when that part starts dying at the altar right there's always some friend that because no 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 don't die i'm codependent i need this part clear, clear poop <laughs> boom, boom 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 well that was close that was close. I'm so glad you're okay. Tell me who I am one more time. And every time God gets the GPS right where He wants it, it's always going rerouting. Cause you just can't make the turn. I gotta turn. I, I know it says it's only a hundred feet. That looks like a hundred feet to me. I'm turning left. I don't care if it's a dead end. Cause cause I control. I have to be in control for safety and security. Who cares what the GPS says? I'm rerouting. Right, God leads us. We're walking. This is the day we're walking and all of a sudden it's like, you had a conversation two days ago and you're walking and you're enjoying that worship with God and then all of a sudden that you comes out. Excuse me. Can we talk? (laughs) But I'm worshiping God right now. I don't really much care what you're doing right now. My name is bad attitude. And I'm just reminding you that I'm alive and well. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's Don't do it. Don't go. It's like it's on a bug's life. Remember, anybody ever see that cartoon, right? It's Harry, stay away from the light. Harry, stay away from the. That's us with our bad attitudes and our. You know what I'm saying? Taking things our control and everything. Stay away from the light. I can't help myself. (laughs) And then after that, all you can hear is rerouting. would just love for us to stay the course but of course we're human and we have a will and where there's a will (laughs) (laughs) there's my way Well, there's Yahweh too. <laughs> I deal with people. They can change so fast. It absolutely will shock you. How are you? Having a good day? Everything's fine? And then all of a sudden you kind of hear them just kind of, in, you can feel it, incoming. Right? It's going to be a serious problem. The Lord wants to clothe you tonight. He wants to do something so miraculous in you. And it's going to, I'm praying that God will supernaturally empower you, and I know He will. But you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. It is a fight. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It takes power to work this thing out. And if you want to stop and you want to change and you don't want to live the way you're living anymore, then you're going to have to do some work. It's not easy. Because I've had over 56 years of me. I'm pretty used to me. There's a lot of me to like. God wants to deliver you from anxiety. From control. From manipulation. And meekness will get it done. Any takers? I'm excited. I feel his spirit. I'm like Whoa. Dee, 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 This is a part of our life that we have to surrender to God. It's the part that wants what it wants when it wants it. It's the part that's so codependent, wants such instant gratification, but that is not the kingdom of God. So if you're in, stand to your feet. So that's a different call. Well, we've been rerouting for 40 minutes. How many say I struggle in these areas? Let me see your hands. If you have any prophetic tendencies in you, you struggle in this area. (laughs) Let me just tell you. Because you hate injustice and you want to put things in order. Right? Let's look at this. They're like, oh yeah. So here's what we're going to do we're going to have a little time of repentance amen because without repentance there's no forgiveness of sins and i don't want you to stay in this senseless activity that you're in this cycle that goes on can anybody relate to it The cycle of thinking that goes on that is so unhealthy, so unproductive, and it releases wrong peptides. It releases wrong endorphins in your system. It releases wrong dopamines. It releases, I'm not calling you dope. It releases wrong things. God wants the joy of the Lord to be your strength. He wants you to be somebody that somebody wants to be around. (laughs) We're laughing now. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, I hear you. And I ask you to forgive me. I like to take things into my own hands. So often in my life, I don't need anybody else. I can do it by myself. Lord Jesus, that's not how you made me. You want me to interrelate with your family. Lord Jesus. I'm asking you to release me from generations of pride and arrogance and selfish ambition and control and manipulation and intimidation and anger and rage. Lord Jesus, Jesus. I refuse, I refuse refuse, refuse. to use anger to protect myself myself. any longer. longer. Lord Jesus, Jesus. protect protect me, protect my heart. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, set a guard, set a guard. Over, my over my mouth. Let me be like David. And be troubled troubled. by the small things things. that I take into my own hands. hands. Lord Jesus, Jesus. the the part of my life that needs to be stirred up that needs to come into obedience with Your will. I ask that Your Holy Spirit will arouse that part of my life and bring it into obedience. Lord Jesus, I want to rededicate my life To live out out. being clothed clothed. with the meekness of Christ. Christ. Lord Jesus, Jesus. take your blood. blood. Cleanse my mind mind. and and my heart. And Lord Jesus, Let the fruit of the Spirit Spirit overcome overcome. the part of my emotions emotions. that take over. over. I receive receive love, love, joy, joy. peace, Peace. gentleness, gentleness. Gentleness. meekness, Meekness. Kindness. Kindness. kindness, patience. Long-suffering. Let the fruit of your spirit spirit. overtake Overtake. and overthrow overthrow. my unhealthy unhealthy. emotions. Emotions. Just wait. Just wait. Just a moment. Just wait. We hope you have been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church a place where families come together.